God is good. God is good. God is good. Man, and I don't know what you faced, are facing, are going through. And I can, I'm very, I don't know what you're going to go through. But the answer to every single one of the things is God. Let's do math for a second. Anything times zero is? No matter how big the number, no matter how small the number, no matter how many numbers in the equation, if there's a times zero in there, it becomes? No matter the amount of problems, big, small, or whatever, when there's a times God in there, taken care of. That'd be a cool shirt. Problems times God equals taken care of. Somebody write it down. Wow. Church, I, I got to harp on something for a second. That encounter that we just had in the presence of God, you can have on a daily basis because one of God's redemptive names, covenant names, is Jehovah Shammah. He is there. He is present. And we have access because when Jesus died on the cross, the veil that separated everybody from the holiest place, the place that held the presence of God, that veil was torn. And the Bible is very clear that it was torn from the top down. Now understand something. That was not a little curtain that you could simply reach. It was about 40 feet high, if my memory serves me correct. Pastor Fernie, how tall was the veil? About 40 feet, was it? It wasn't even a six-foot ladder. I mean, like you talk, think about it, right? Like, it wasn't even one of those little big ladders. I don't know. It was, it was, and when Jesus died, when the Lamb of God, who took away the sins of the world, if you remember when John the Baptist sees Jesus coming to the river, he says, here comes the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When he dies and pays the price, it gave us access to the presence of God. Anywhere we are. I've said this before. I grew up, my mom telling me this, and I'm going to say it in Spanish and I'll tell you what it says in English, but... She used to tell me, if there's anything going on, you go to the bathroom and you pray. Todos los baños son cristianos. That's what she used to tell me. <laughs> she used to tell me, you go to the bathroom and pray. Every bathroom is Christian. If you're in school and something's going on, ask to go to the bathroom, go in the bathroom and pray. You're at work, something's going on, go to the bathroom and pray. I mean, every bathroom. Why? Because we have access. Even in the bathroom, dude, even in the bathroom, especially in the bathroom. Man, I have some of my best worship times in the shower when nobody can hear, you know, how bad sometimes I, I go. I've learned, with time, I've learned. I, I, I'll worship up here, and sometimes you see me just put the microphone very far away because I can't hit whatever they're singing. So I was like, put that microphone away because it, it ain't mine. <laughs> but he receives your worship. And I want to remind you, I, I, 
you know that everything that you and I do, when we do it unto God, is worship unto Him? Everything you do is worship unto God? Oh, but all I do is, you know, I, I, I'm a, a, a grocery store clerk. Yep, do it as unto God. No, but all I do is, is you know, I, I sell real estate. Yep, and as you walk properties, declare that they will fall into the hands of believers because the wealth of the wicked is going to go over to the righteous. Oh, but I, everything you do, do it as unto God, and it is worship unto God. I said this during the Refresh series, if, and if you missed that series, go back. It's on our, um, on our uh, YouTube and Vimeo, and I think it's on our podcast and all of that, the Refresh series. But in one of the weeks of that series, I mentioned something that Pastor Robert Morris wrote in his book, Take the Day Off, how everything that we do is ministry. And so a lot of times we as humans equate ministry as the person who is a full-time employee for a church or ministry. That is a person who is in ministry. But no, every single one of us is in ministry. Your ministry is reaching out to those people that you encounter. And the Bible actually even says there's people to whom which are given a gift to acquire wealth. And that ministry of acquiring wealth is to then fund the kingdom of God. Don't look down on what God called you to do. Every single member in the body of Christ plays a role and has a purpose. Young and old. Pretty and prettier, because nobody's ugly, everybody's good. God has a purpose in you. And when you walk in the purpose of God in your life, there's fulfillment. Now, I can't tell you how many people I have encountered in my life in both spectrums, poor and rich, no college degree and college degree, Single, married, kids, no kids, people in every spectrum of life that are fall into one of two categories. Fulfilled or lacking purpose. I've seen people who are very wealthy change jobs every three months, always looking for the next big thing, the next thing, the next thing, because they have no purpose. While seeing people who are working a mundane, quote-unquote, regular job in full fruition of purpose because they're doing what God called them to do. And I've seen the flip side. People who have nothing because they're always searching and searching and searching and find no fulfillment, while at the same time still having also people who are extremely wealthy but doing it in the purpose. I, I met somebody who makes an incredibly insane amount of finances that God has gifted him with, and that guy is constantly planting churches through surge. And he says that my ministry is to make money and fund churches around the, king, around the world for the kingdom of God. Guy is fulfilled, totally fulfilled. Because he's not trying to acquire wealth in order to live just a better life. He's doing it to advance the kingdom of God. So before we get into today's message, take this and take it to heart. 
If you are lacking purpose and fulfillment, ask God to show you the ministry in which you already are involved in. Notice what I'm saying. The ministry you are already involved in. Because every single one of us is in active ministry. Your ministry might be the school system right now, or it might be Publix, or it might be Sedano or Fresco y Mas, whatever, right? Like, get the point. Wherever you are and whatever you do, that is your ministry. And there's people there that you are reaching and that you are preaching to and that will come to Christ as a result of you being in their life. And thank you, Holy Spirit, because that is a perfect segue to jump back into Empowered. Because we have been empowered for ministry. Jesus has empowered us. Now, I want to ask you guys a question. You know, sometimes I like it starting with questions. So don't be afraid to tell me the answer now, okay? Does anybody know what this is? Some of you know it. Say it with some more confidence. This is a... Okay, now I'm, I'm gonna, I want some specifics, all right? So I'm going to turn it this way so you can tell. What generation iPad do you think this is? Well, you know. Cheater. Patty's like, one. Yeah, because, you know. If you notice how, how big it is and how, you know, whatever, man, this is, this is an iPad. And what's an iPad for? You can write things down, you can connect to the internet, you can do all kinds of stuff. Can I tell you what this iPad, which cost $500 when I got it in 2010, can I tell you the sole purpose of this iPad right now? Are you ready for it? It's a paperweight. This iPad has become a paperweight. Because the charger broke. It's a very expensive paperweight. But it's a paperweight because it won't turn on and it won't function. It has the capacity. It still works. It still has the Bible app on it. It still has every preaching I ever preached as a youth pastor on it. And if I ever again get the right charger and plug it into the power... You know what's going to happen to it? It's going to turn back on and cease being an expensive paperweight. And there are many Christians all around the globe who are living like this current generation one iPad in the Perez household. Value, it has value has work, it can work, it can function, but it's not plugged into anything to power it up. By the way, Tuesday the new charger arrives because I, I ordered it this morning. <laughs> Alexandra inherited that iPad a couple years ago and the charger broke, and, but I felt it from the Lord to use that as an opener today because it's the way that a lot of us are living our life, even though we have the potential, even though we have the calling, even though we were paid for with a very expensive price, the blood of Jesus Christ. We're not powering up. 
And we're not powering up because we're not plugged into anything that gives us the juice. But if we remember, Jesus has come to give us power. Now, get your Bibles out. How many of you, if you have a Bible, raise your hand. Show show me. I want to see your Bible. If it's a physical print Bible, don't show me your phones. If you have an actual Bible. All right. Awesome. If you don't own a Bible, get a Bible. I encourage you to get a Bible. I am not prophesying, but I can read the signs of the times. And I do not put it past in a future of us perhaps being still on earth if Jesus tarries, where they will stop the selling legally of this book. Yes, Holy Spirit. In my Bible reading this week, I came across a passage where it said that the word of God was not bound. See, they had bound the people speaking the word of God, but the word of God was not bound. And I felt the Holy Spirit drop it into my spirit, the fact that no matter what happens, the word of God will never be bound. But I encourage you to get a physical hard copy of the Bible. And if you don't have one because you can't afford it, talk to me. We will get you one. And if you don't have one right now because your vision is not what it was and you need a large print one, go get the large print one. No shame in that. But get a Bible. All right. Now, Acts chapter 1, verse number 4 says, And being assembled together with them, he, talking about Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, if you're taking notes this morning, and I hope you are, I want you to write this down this morning. The Holy Spirit is a promise. The Holy Spirit is a promise. The Holy Spirit is a promise. And it is not any ordinary promise. It is a promise given by God the Father himself. Jesus, in verse number four, said, wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard from me. Now, I want you to jot down this reference. I'm going to read it to you, but you don't need to turn your Bible to it, but go read it later. John chapter 14 verses 15 through 18 says, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. The prophet Joel in chapter number two, 
verse number 28 says that in the later days, in those days, it shall come to pass afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And last but not least, Luke chapter 24, verse number 49. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued or indwelled, infilled with power from on high church. It is imperative to us to understand that the Holy Spirit is a promise. And our God fulfills every single one of his promises. The book of Joshua as you read through the book of Joshua, and they are conquering all the lands, and the Lord gives them rest. There is a specific verse that they're talking to the children of Israel, and it says, And God fulfilled all of his promises. None failed, not even one. And if his promises do not fail, and he has promised you the Holy Spirit, Take it to the bank. You've got access. It's yours. Now, the second thing I want to mention this morning is right there in verse number eight of Acts chapter one. It says, and you shall receive power. This is point number two. The Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit empowers us. Luke 24, 49, we just read it where it says the promise of the Father is coming and you are going to be endued with power from on high. Say power this morning. Power. Come on, one more time. Power. power. Can you say it with power? power? If you're online, come on, put a little explosion emoji in the comment box. I'm going to go back later and check it. The word power. In that instance, there's four words for it in the Greek, in the original language, but in that instance, it's the word dunamis. It's where we derive the word dynamite from. Does anybody know here what dynamite does? Blows stuff up. It blows stuff up. As a matter of fact, whatever you put the dynamite on and you light will cease to exist. Now, I want you to see something. The explosive power, dynamite, dunamis of the Holy Spirit placed upon whatever wall that the enemy has put upon your life blows it up so that God can build you into the image that he created you, which is his. The Holy Spirit, that power, blows up every wall Everything the devil has said, people have said, you thought your identity was, all of that, the power of the Holy Spirit, dunamis, blows it up, and God makes you in his image. Before COVID, one of the practices of my family on our time off was to go to open houses. We enjoyed going to open houses. We weren't in the market for a house. 
just enjoy going to open houses. I'm not a contractor by any stretch of the imagination, but I've learned a little bit of construction over the years as a homeowner and doing the construction addition that we did in our house uh, several years back. And so I'll walk in and, and we start to look around and we can easily determine if these people are trying to just make a quick buck on a cheap flip. Like, you know what I'm talking about? There's still the windows from your great-great-grandma's house, those little, little windows that you got to roll up like this, but they painted the frame to give you the illusion that they're new. You can tell the walls like falling apart, but they gave it a fresh cone of paint to make you think that everything was new. They're just covering, I mean, they're putting lipstick on a pig. And wanting top dollar for it. Can I tell you that in the very same time, you might walk by a McDonald's or a Burger King or a Wendy's that is going to be renovated and they don't renovate it. They knock it down and put up a new one. The power of the Holy Spirit breaks down every argument against your life breaks down everything the enemy has said, breaks down everything that's been there. It ain't a, God is not giving a cheap coat of paint on you to put you off to the world and say, oh, give me top dollar for the windows that don't work no more, but to have a fresh coat of paint. He knocks every argument down through the power of the Holy Spirit and the master builder rebuilds you into his image the way he created you to be. That is why you have a new identity in Christ because you're empowered. That's why you're able to walk as the head and not the tail because you're empowered. That's why you're able to be victorious because you are empowered. That's why you're able to have blessings because you're empowered. That's why everywhere where you step becomes holy ground because you are empowered. But what happens? We have a lot of Christians who are living like a paperweight. We're living like paperweights because we're not walking in the power. So the Holy Spirit empowers us. And if you remember what Jesus said in the book of John, he said, the works that I do and greater works will you do. And I've said it three weeks in a row. I pray if there's anything, you grab that from this series. You are called and empowered to do greater works. Is it in quality? No, it's in quantity because all of us have been empowered. Which leads me to point number three. Write it down. The promise of the Holy Spirit is for all. It's for all. Now, if we go back to Joel chapter uh, number two real quick, if you throw it up for me, please. Joel chapter two, verse 38, it says, and I will pour out my spirit on the good people. No, I will pour out my spirit on the Cubans. I will pour out my spirit on my gringo folks. I will pour out my spirit. No, no, no. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. A-L-L. All flesh. And because God knows that in our human nature we question him and we doubt him, he, through the Holy Spirit, inspired Joel to write it very, very clearly and specifically. Watch. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Because perhaps there was going to be a Christian who said, well, it's for me, but, you know, my kid's too little. No. 
your sons and your daughters. Then it says, your old men shall dream dreams, because there was going to be Christians that thought, no, no, you've already passed. You're, 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 you're too old. That, that, you're done. No. But then there was going to be some people that said, well, the young people, you know, they're, they're too inexperienced. But that's why he, and he had them write down that your young men shall see visions. And because he knew that then we were going to still put caveats on who it could be, he even was as specific to say, and also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Classes, put them away. Socioeconomic status, put it away. Gender, put it away. Race, put it away. It's upon all flesh. A-L-L. All flesh. He has empowered us upon all flesh. Homework assignment. I know we're not done yet, but I'm giving you your homework already, okay? Read the book of Acts this week. It's only got 28 chapters or seven days a week. You can do four in a day and you'll knock it off in a week. Why do I want you to read the book of Acts? Well, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's called the book of Acts for a reason. The disciples were doing something. They were doing a little something, something. And it wasn't just the disciples. It's everybody who came to Christ. Every single one of them started doing a little something, something. Why? Because this promise of the Holy Spirit that is for all, it is a promise and empowerment in order to do something. In order to do something. Again, I can be a paperweight. Or I can be used for the purpose that it was created and intended to be used. And it wasn't a $500 paperweight. It was able to hold countless numbers of digital books as I was connected to the internet. Meant to have resources that I can read. It was meant to have games that I can fill my tank playing. It was meant to have pictures. This iPad, I, I, this iPad has a puzzle game a puzzle app that I take the pictures from the, the thing and it makes it into a puzzle. And I used to sit there because I like puzzles and build pictures of Abigail. That's when I had this iPad. Abigail was a little baby. And I would make little puzzles of Abigail to fill my cup. But right now, it was a paperweight. God empowered us to do something. To do something. And he empowered all of us. So, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1. I'll give you a little synopsis of the first few chapters. Acts chapter 1, Jesus promises, don't leave, don't go anywhere. Holy Spirit's coming. The main attraction's about to start. And then, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit shows up. They're all together in one accord. The Holy Spirit comes, day of Pentecost. Everybody receives the Holy Spirit, and they immediately are activated to go out and begin to preach. They begin to preach the gospel. They begin to speak it in other tongues, and every single person understood in their own language. I need you to understand something. There was no internet back then. There was no online campus, and we love the online campus, but there was no online campus. So when you wanted to go to Pentecost in Jerusalem, you had to go to Pentecost in Jerusalem. So people from all around the surrounding areas had gotten on their several legs or on their donkeys and made it to Jerusalem to celebrate 
Pentecost. So there was people there from different dialects, different places with different languages, and they all understood what was being spoken because of the dunamis, explosive power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody screams out and says, they're drinking new wine. And Paul says, ain't no wine. And he quotes the prophecy from the book of Joel. He says, let me remind everybody that God promised that in the last days or in the later days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And after he preaches to everybody, he gets to verse number 38 and 39 of Acts chapter 2. And this is what he says, verses 38 and 39, Acts chapter 2. Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Leave it there for a second. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But again, inspired by the Holy Spirit, God knows that some people were going to say, well, it's not for me. Maybe it's for you, but it's not for me. So then inspired by the Holy Spirit, he continues to say in verse 39, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. You know who's the many that are far off? Us Gentiles, 2,000 years later. Peter preached about us receiving the Holy Spirit in 2021, on the day of Pentecost, after Jesus rose from the grave. All of you and those who are afar off, because one more time, come on, say this. The Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit is for who? All. So we're going to say it different this time. I want everybody to say the power of the Holy Spirit is for me. If you're online, you're going to say it too or put it in the comment box. You ready? One, two, three. Maybe I wasn't clear. I'm going to say it again. I want you all to say... The power of the Holy Spirit is for me, okay? The power of the Holy Spirit is for me. Nine words, we got it, okay? And if you're at home, you can put it in the comment box. Ready? One, two, three. And because the power of the Holy Spirit is for you and 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 for you 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 and for every single one of you that's watching me online right now on our online campus. The power of the Holy Spirit is for you. And you have been empowered to do something. So what are you gonna find as you read the book of Acts? Again, that's your homework. You're gonna find that after this preaching, 5,000 people came to Jesus. Then Peter and John are walking into the synagogue in the next chapter. And when they're walking into the synagogue, they see a guy who's asking for money. He's begging. He's, home, he's, he's asking for alms. He's asking for money. And they walk up to him, and Peter looks at him and says, yo, you right there, just look at me right here. All right? Look at me. And the guy, the Bible says, looked up at him expecting to receive something. And he says, Silver and gold I have not, but what I have, this is important. We talk about this a lot, but we miss this. He says, but what I have, what did he have? The dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. What I have, I give to you. 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. He extended his hand, act of faith, stood him up instantly. The man's legs became strong and again began to jump and walked into the synagogue with them. And everybody who was inside the synagogue, those who had ignored him and not given him a penny, and those who had given him 25 cents, everybody began to glorify God because of the explosive power of the Holy Spirit in Peter and John, who they turned around and gave it to him. Why? Because they were empowered. And each and every one of us has the same power. We have the same power. We have the same authority. But if we don't plug in, we become a paperweight. And we aren't meant to be paperweights. Charles Spurgeon, everybody's heard of Charles Spurgeon if you've been a Christian for 22 seconds, said, without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are as ships without the wind, branches without sap, and like coals without fire, we are useless. Like an iPad with no power cord. That one's a Davidism. And I want to remind you, worship team, you come to the altar. I want to remind you, why are we empowered? We are empowered to do greater works. As you continue to read through the book of Acts, you're going to see people healed. When Peter walked by and his shadow touched them. As you read through the book of Acts, you're going to see demons being cast out because they were tormenting Paul. And he turned around and said, demon, get out of her. Le sacó la le llenó la copa. And he used the power and cast out the demon. You're going to see Paul being shipwrecked and going to get some wood for the fire and a viper coming out and biting him and everybody looking, waiting for him to fall over and die. And Paul goes, I mean, I don't know if he went, or whatever, I mean, but he shook it off into the fire and everybody is like, okay, Last time we saw somebody get bit by a viper was 10 seconds. How does this, how long is he gonna last, right? I can imagine somebody's like, I got five bucks on 10 seconds. Oh, I got 20 seconds. And they're waiting. And Paul's like, what are y'all doing? And they turn around, they said, because this is what they said, when they saw Paul get bitten by the viper, they were like, this guy must have really been a criminal. Must have been a murderer. I mean, he was in, in the prison. He was being transported on the ship. The shipwreck happens, but he's saved. And now a snake bites him. This guy must have the devil. And when nothing happened, they said, he must be a God. And he said, I ain't no God, but God sent his son, Jesus, who died on a cross and went to the Father and sent me the Holy Spirit. And now I've got the power. And you can have it too. And what does the power do? It attracts people. Come on now. Power attracts. 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know why. I have never wanted to stand near a building that is being blown up. But whenever there's people that are doing a demolition, there are people who go to watch the building collapse when the dynamite blows up. Because they like the rumble. The boom. Lost people, they want the power. And a powerful church is a church that walks in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I didn't say this in Spanish service, but I'm going to say it in this one. Jesus, I want to remind you, this is a caution. And I don't know who it's for, but I want you to be cautioned with this. If you remember, Jesus said when the disciples, the 70 returned with joy in the book of Luke, and he told them, and they were all rejoicing, the demons submit to your, na to your name. As we spoke, they submitted. And he said, do not rejoice in that you have power over the demons, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Do you know that Judas Iscariot had been given delegated power of the Holy Spirit also over the demons and to heal the sick? And he was one of the apostles that had gone out healing people when Jesus would send them out? But he allowed himself to disconnect and he became the one that betrayed Jesus, even though had he been given the power. Don't let it get to your head. But also, don't allow fear to let stop you from walking in the power. Both extremes are wrong. The powerless Christian. And the Christian that thinks that they're all that in a bag of chips because they have delegated power that's not theirs to begin with. It's God's in you. But understand that you are empowered to do something. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Father, this morning... We thank you for the ability to come to your presence. And we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And Father, today we pray for the activation of the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Father, we thank you for you have called us and you recharge us to be a blessing to lay hands on the sick and pray for them to testify to those that don't know you and they come to you you have called us and empowered us and we walk in that power and that authority in Jesus name amen Come on, just worship him right there where you are for a minute.